Time now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. All right, away we go. It's the Friday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. My name is Dan McLaughlin. We do this every day on 101 ESPN. Colin Surrey is our producer. And we're going to debut a new segment every Friday. And this is a big day for you, Colin. You you already built up the pressure at the crossover. I don't know why you need to keep carrying this over into the show, Dan. Do you feel pressure? I don't feel any pressure. Good. I am I'm a nerves of steel. We're all good, <laughs> yeah. baby. I love it because you're a hard worker. You do a great job. We've got the debut of Colin's cut. So we're going to have maybe the best cuts of the week. You're going to tell me why. You're going to set them up. Then we're going to dive into it and why they're the best cuts. Correct? Correct. And there are very good reasons. And when you get such great guests, Dan, well, we you, try really, to. you really make it easy on me to, to come up with Colin's cuts. I mean, have my job cut out for me. So to speak. So to speak. Okay. And we want you to join in as well. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. The Rhino Shield mic drop as well. This is your show. We want you to participate as well. Tell me I'm an idiot. I really don't care. You guys aren't idiots. You're smart. Make me think. Hopefully I make you think as well. We'll start with Major League Baseball. The Players Association yesterday proposed a 70-game regular season schedule. A plan immediately rejected by the commissioner, Rob Manfred. (sighs) Back and forth, back and forth. Tim Kirchin of ESPN. I really believe that Rob Manfred walked out of that meeting saying, we're going to get this done at 60 games, 100% prorated contracts. And the union said no. And now the distrust and the anger has built again. And it's really hard to do a deal for this much money when there's this much distrust. Well, they had a 70-game season, July 19th. They would start through September 30th, full prorated play. Spring training, that would begin 2.0 on June 26th. So time is of the essence. Expanded playoffs to 16 teams for 2020 and 21. Why are we talking about 2021? I thought this was just about this year. Why? Clearly the entire thing has been about 2021. Posturing and trying to gain position. Meanwhile, we could be out of season, Dan. Buster only of ESPN. Look, at least they're talking and at least they've been moving closer together with the owners with that 60 games and full prorated salaries for the players and the players coming back today and saying 70 games, full prorated salaries. But today really did erupt in this back and forth. He said, he said just a few minutes ago, Rob Manfred got done talking with reporters. He spoke with frustration because from his perspective, he felt like that he left that room with a framework in place, with a semi-agreement with Tony, with both sides looking to sell that idea to their respective constituents. Major League Baseball now feels like the players are asking for more. You would think that they'd be close enough now with everything on the line for Major League Baseball, they'd be able to get it done. But in talking with a source close to this today, he said the relationship is so toxic that it's unpredictable about how this could actually turn out. From the 573, Danny Mac, love your show. Main problem right now, Scott Boris. I'm reading reports that the agent is in the middle of this. Well, probably he is. He negotiated over a billion dollars of deals this past offseason. Let's just face it, you know, Scott Boris runs that union. 
you know, I, he's a guy that controls so much of what's happening behind the scenes. Wouldn't shock me at all if they had a handshake agreement. Then he got a hold of it and said, uh-uh, we ain't doing this. Wouldn't uh, shock me one bit. 314, hey, Dan, listen all the time. Awesome show. How cool would it be if Albert joined the Cardinals as the DH for a year? Big Mac and Holiday as an assistant hitting coach. Thanks. Sure, why not? Why not? Put some uh, people in the seats to watch Albert for a final year. We're in, fantasy. We're in fantasy land right now. Why don't we just go for it? Holiday was on the show yesterday. He said that he wants to be a part of the organization in some form or fashion. He does have uh, four kids. His youngest is six. I'm not sure he wants to be part of the everyday that a coach would be um, required to be a part of the everyday. Big Mac has already done it. He's got uh, twins. He's got out of coaching, so his twin boys are now playing baseball, and I don't think he wants to do that. He's already been there, done that. Holiday, I do see being involved in the organization one way or another. He looks at himself as a cardinal. So whether that's in the TV booth or some type of role, ambassador with the cardinals, I do see him getting involved in that in that role, definitely. 314 Danny Mac, 10 a.m., Appointment radio, love it. Just compromise, play 65. I think that's where we're going to go. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if we get an announcement of that nature today or by the end of the weekend. I really do believe that. It's posturing now, going back and forth. So that's the way I see it. Let's hear from Jeff Passan of ESPN. They believe that after Tony Clark and Rob Manford met, that there was the framework of a deal in place. And that Tony Clark was going to go back to his constituency and sell it. He did not sell it. And I'm not saying that as an indictment on Tony Clark. I'm saying it was going to be a really hard proposal to sell, frankly, to the players who have unified and who have coalesced around this newfound strength that they have. And man, we're getting to the point now where they are close enough where they should have a deal. They should have a negotiated agreement. But there is such anger on both sides toward one another and in such disrespect that if this whole thing blew up and you ended up with the the league imposing a 50-game season and no expanded playoffs or anything like that, wouldn't surprise me in the least. He's right, and the problem is is that they're not negotiating as this being an outlier of just four months. As I mentioned earlier, they're negotiating for 2021 and setting the guidelines for a longer CBA. We all know it's going to be nasty, really nasty, as they look forward beyond the 2021 season. That's a big problem. 618, Mac, you know in St. Louis we miss our baseball, but at this point, if I were the owners, I would just cancel the season. Can't do that. You don't want the sport to go dark for 18 months because if you're an owner and you're trying to sell your suites and your season tickets and you've got to go to your sponsors... And you've got to say, hey, would you like to re-up? And those sponsors or those people go back to you and say, now, wait a minute. Did you have a chance during the pandemic to play? And you've got to answer them honestly and say, yes, we did. And then those sponsors say, well, wait a minute. You had a chance to play and provide entertainment for the general public and you didn't do it? Yeah, we did. Why didn't you do it? Well, we were bickering. We were arguing. So you didn't do it? Well, I'm not sure I want to align my company with that. Believe me, the St. Louis Cardinals and Bill DeWitt, he wants to play. He understands it's important.
He understands it's important for the fans. Believe me, I know this. I know it. He wants to be a steward of the game, of the franchise, of the sport. He wants to play. Is he going to lose money? Damn right he is. He knows that. He wants to play. He understands it. It's important to play. Very, very important. One of the things the Cardinals are doing, and I mentioned it yesterday, we are trying to get former players, current players, and we're doing town halls. Uh, yesterday we had Matt Holiday, for instance, on our Cardinals uh, conversation. So just trying to keep the fans engaged as much as we can, not talk about labor negotiations. Uh, and last night we had our town hall. Really fun. Uh, it was Ray Langford. It was the Cardinal Hall of Famer, Ray Langford, and Brian Jordan, two-sport star. One of the things we got into was trying to engage the African-American player, the kid, to play baseball. They're playing football. They're playing basketball. We want them to play baseball. We want them to love the game. Grow up playing the game and then love it so much that maybe you want to get into a front office. Maybe you want to become a general manager. Maybe you want to be the next Ray Langford, the next Brian Jordan. Who knows? Where does it take you? But love the game of baseball. And I asked both of them, how do we engage African-Americans, the boys that are playing this game in the parks right now? Get them to a park, put on a glove, play the game, love the game, enjoy it. How do we get them to start playing the game of baseball? Well, it's because, you know, you know the African-American kids playing the sports that they, that they see themselves in. Yeah, you see, they see, they see, they see more African American playing football and, and uh, basketball. So that's what they see all the time. You know, like a lot of times in baseball, they say, "Oh, that's that's African American," but uh, he's Spanish. But uh, you don't have his. You know, when I was back in the ni- early nineties, there was a lot of African American players in in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of African, you know, young kids playing the sport. But now, and we're in the, the two thousand. There's less African American players, and the kids are, are, are gravitating to what they're familiar with, okay. what looks like them, and that's that's in basketball, and that's what you're seeing in football. You don't see it as much in baseball anymore. Yeah, I mean that, that's definitely the case, uh, and, and you know, even for us coming up, we saw more African Americans in baseball at the time, so we kind of still love the game of baseball. Uh, and it's also about opportunities because there's a lot of really good African-American baseball players just not get that opportunity to go to Division One schools, you know, because they're not getting recruited in the inner city. Uh, so that their choice is going to an HBCU or a Division Two II or three, where scouts are not going to go out and see as much. So it's about opportunity, too, because I, I truly believe there's a lot of African-American American baseball players out there that just that are really good enough to get drafted, but just not seen. My understanding. I, I, oh, I, go I ahead. Was drafted, I was sorry about that, but I was drafted out of junior college. Mm-hmm. So you know, back then, so you don't see it happening a lot now. Like they just say, you know, you're not at a D1 school, they're not really looking at you as much, unless you unless you just some phenom coming out of high school, unless you're Ken Griffey. Or somebody like that, but you know those kind of guys. But other than that, you get overlooked. Can you guys talk to coaches? Can you talk to scouts about that? I mean, what what can we do to try to grow the game in that regard? Well, I mean, it goes back to what we're fighting for today in Black Lives Matter, uh, and that's opportunities. It's it's not a lot of blacks in the front office 
of baseball. And so we don't have the opportunity yet. We can be really good on the baseball field. And, you know, a lot of us are college educated, but, you know, we're not asked to join the party. And again, it goes back to having that opportunity to be able to put the black faces in the front office that may draw more African-American interest in the game of baseball. I know, BJ, you had the chance to talk to Hank Aaron the other day, did you not? Yes, yes, on Facebook Live, it was awesome. What did, what did he have to say? Well, Hank, you know, he's, he's frustrated, you know, because, heck, he paved the way for African-Americans to play this great game. And to see where it's gone to now, uh, you know, he's he's just honest, man. It's, it's, it's pitiful. It is pitiful, downright pitiful. And, and, and he agrees. I mean, it starts in the front office. You know, players, kids have to see African-American faces out there on the field and out there in the front offices making some decisions uh, to have that hunger to play the game, to be a part of it. And Ray said it. I mean, they're turning on the TV, they're looking at the NBA, they're looking at the NFL, and they're saying, well, I'm going to try to play those sports because there's no place for me in baseball. So that has to change. Is there a player that needs to step up and be that guy right now, you think? Or what needs to happen? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, and Bruce Maxwell, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I am. He's with the Oakland Athletics. Yes. And when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. Took a knee and I had a conversation with him because I felt like, you know, we need you in the game of baseball as an African-American. And it wasn't his place as a rookie to take that knee at that time because he didn't have any clout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time in. Right, he had no time in. And he's out of the game right now. And he was a really good player. So that tells you a lot right there. You know, for an African-American to make a mistake right there, you're gone, you're blackballed. In, in a game that don't have African-Americans playing the game anymore. So... You got to be really careful. I mean, you look at a guy like Tim Anderson, shortstop for the White Sox, great player, but he's very young. And, you know, I would make the suggestion to him, hey, you got to pave the way for the next generation. So we need you on the field. So you can't mess up. Yeah. You know, so that's the situation we're in right now. Because what is it? One or two percent African-American playing Major League Baseball now? I mean, that's that's crazy. Is that hard for you guys to see that? Yes. Yeah. It is. It is. You know, we're not surprised. Yeah. Because I know you guys yeah. love this game. I know well, you love it. I love this game, man. We've been, been going in that direction for a long time. Yeah. But it didn't just start. It's been going in that direction for a long time. So it's just, it's just, it's just, it's only coming to surface. Interesting. Great perspective with Ray Langford and Brian Jordan. Ray said in the uh, interview, and we did it for an hour, the town hall with the Cardinals really appreciate him and uh, and Brian doing that. But Ray said the play that defined him as a Cardinal, no surprise, was him knocking over Darren Dalton, that famous play at home plate. And Brian Jordan 
who played for a decade and a half in Major League Baseball, says that he considers himself a St. Louis Cardinal. Even though he lives in Atlanta, does broadcast with the Atlanta Braves, but he said the Cardinals are home, and he's a Cardinal. Pretty cool. Isn't it amazing how many players end up in that same boat? Even if they spent just a small amount of time here, there's something special about the culture in St. Louis regarding baseball. And the players, they love it. I said, said, why? He said, because the fans, the place was packed. They're knowledgeable. They appreciate good baseball. You know, and, and... they do. Uh, it's just, a, you know, I travel forever, it seems like, doing games, and it just is a different place. That's why we miss it. You know, we, we miss just seeing the games, being around it. And it is. It's just a different place. It's a fun place to be. It's fun to go down to the ballpark, watch a game. For a lot of people, having a couple beers, hot dogs, sit back with your family, enjoy the game. We all miss it. And even, I think it becomes, too, in the summer months, Colin, where even if you're not at the game, you flip on the TV, and it's in the background. You know, it's just part of our daily lives. And even if there's not fans in the stands, maybe it does become for a couple of months. Flipping on the game at 7, and, yeah, it's different. You know, but you're hearing the voices that you're used to and seeing the guys and the faces that you're used to seeing and seeing a game. Exactly. And getting back to that point where you have that routine. So much so many of us are used to coming home, listening to you on the broadcast, Dan, and getting to hear Cardinal baseball. That's that's what it's all about. People wait year round for that moment to come. Opening day is such a huge deal in St. Louis. And it's because of all of the people that go into it, the rich history that we have here in St. Louis and people like you, Dan, that make it so special. Yeah, love me, hate me, doesn't matter. Throw things at the TV, you know, tell me to shut up. I get it. It's all part of it. Hi, Danny Mack. This is from the 636 on the Air Comfort Service text line. Love your show. Thank you. Miss you on TV. This is getting old, so old, and I might be done with baseball for a while. Sorry, but it's all about the money this year, and it shouldn't be anyway. It is about the money. We're not even talking about the virus and whether or not they can pull this off. I mean, there's been some talk about that, and I agree. And I, you know, the the funny thing about this, not funny, but is that we have focused so much on the economics of this, and we will get through this where they come up with agreement, or the commissioner will just slam it down their throats and say, "All right, 48 games, here you go," and they may not even be able to pull this thing off because of the virus. Baseball, in my opinion, is going to have the toughest time of these sports trying to come back. The players did not want to do the hubs. And when you look at trying to travel and live inside these cities, like, quote unquote, we all are, the normal cities and moving around and going to restaurants and living like that and not living inside a bubble, it's going to be tough. And there's going to be testing and positive tests are going to pop. It's going to happen. It's going to be very, very tough. Um, But, you know, you just try to deal with it and move on. 618. Hank helped pave the way for black athletes in baseball. He said Hank Aaron was frustrated. I wonder if Hank is thinking there's no way it's tougher for the black youth to play baseball today than it was during his time. Just a thought. I would assume it had to be way tougher back then. Right, but is that is that really the argument that we want to get into with all of this? Isn't it really more about, look, we want 
everyone to have the same opportunity. Not whether it was an easier opportunity or a harder opportunity. Let's give everyone that fair shot at it. And let's give everyone the looks that they deserve. What Brian Jordan was talking about in terms of trying to get into the front office of these organizations, trying to gain positions of power, they need access to those parts of baseball. That's what I want to see. Otherwise, they are not going to be able to encourage encourage younger African Americans to get into the game. That's what I want to see. I think if you're an athlete, you're not seeing African Americans playing the sport. So when you're a young kid, you're watching LeBron, so you're going to gravitate towards basketball yep, um, or football. But if you have front office members that are African American... I think you then can set up and try to get those kids to play. I want to see more of that. And Latinos, same thing. You know, I think that's important as well. Very, very important. I think we need more African-Americans in those jobs, unquestionably. Well, it's very important. Just the fact, if they can look up and see uh, someone in a leadership role from their community, then they can feel like, look, if they can do it, then I can do it. But right now, it's just simply not the case for the most part. And like we talked about with baseball, if you are not visible, if you're not in in the front of the consciousness of people in this day and age, you're forgotten about. You'll get left behind. And that's where baseball is with people of color right now in the United States. 618 Air Comfort Service text line. Danny Mac, love the show. Can the Cardinals make trades right now? No. Everything suspended, but if they come to an agreement, my understanding is it's open for business. And you may see teams trying to dump salary. My question then would be what teams want to take on the salary. Uh, we don't know what the economics are going to look like. And so you have a big salary. Would you want to even take on that kind of salary? I doubt teams would want to do it. I'm sure teams want to dump, but I don't think that they will. I, I just don't think they will. So we'll see. We need to take a quick time out. Then it is the debut. Collins cuts. Big moment. Oh, baby. What are you, Ken Wilson? Oh, <laughs> baby. All right. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. And my phone is going off, so I can't read the time. Now I can. It's 1028. We're way late, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Yeah, way late. Went a little bit late there. All right, but... 1028. I'll take a time out. Your cuts are coming up. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Back on Scoops with Danny Mac, Friday edition. Rick on a Rhino Shield mic drop. One of the main problems with baseball is the youth baseball. I live 60 miles south of St. Louis in an area which had state championship baseball teams and summer league teams that went to play in National World Series. Now, there's no local leagues, there's only tournament ball, where parents have to pay several thousand dollars a year just for their kids to play a competitive baseball. The problem with baseball starts there. Good point. Think about basketball, roll out the ball, not very expensive, find a hoop in a park, and you're off and running. That's a very, very good point. Thanks for all the uh, text messages. Air Comfort Service text line will keep those going, uh, going. Rhino Shield mic drop and... All right, Colin, here we go. It's going to be a Friday segment. It's Colin's Cuts of the Week. What do we got? Dan, I better deliver because you have built this up yes, over I the have. past half hour like none else. But why am I surprised? You're one of the greatest play-by-play announcers you ever. Stop? Just stop. It's just a fact, Dan. Just okay. stop. And this is how you do it. you got to build up to that moment. Build it up, baby. The big question is, will we get the payoff? But here it is. So Monday, you had Eduardo per- Perez on the program. Yes, sir. 
one of the best guys in baseball. He is. Just an excellent person. And it goes back to something that we talked about earlier in this show. The city of St. Louis is so special to people that are in the game of baseball. Eduardo Perez, no exception. Here he is on his time with the Cardinals. I've always said it. It's, um, it was the best place I ever played in. And I'm not saying it because I'm here interviewing with you um, and, and Cardinal and you know and, and Cardinals are listening to this. I say it because it's it's when I signed, even before I signed, when they were interested in in, in acquiring me. Uh, my dad told me, he goes, if you have an opportunity to sign with the Cardinals and you have to take a lot less, do it. Because the fans there are unbelievable. They're knowledgeable about the game. I loved playing in St. Louis when we came in to visit. As a Reds, uh, as a Reds player, the only thing he didn't like was facing Bob Gibson. I get it. Uh, so uh, he, he has so much respect for the Cardinal fans. And as soon as I got there, um, I, fell in love with, I fell in love with wearing the Cardinal uniform. One of my favorites. He is. He's a great broadcaster, too. And I've gotten into a lot of conversations with him because his dad is a Hall of Famer, Tony Perez, and he always brings up his mom. So I always say, what was it like growing up with your dad being a Hall of Famer? He said, well, don't forget my mom, because really she's the one that raised us. And the neat thing about it is that if the Reds won, all those guys, the kids were allowed in the clubhouse. So you got to remember, it's Pete Rose Jr., okay, Eduardo, Ken Griffey Jr., Sprague, and there's a couple of others that were kids at the time that were hanging around with their dads that made it to the big leagues. Incredible. That, that were on the field, and then they, so they would go out for batting practice and then would be allowed to go in the clubhouse <clears throat> and hang out with their dads. Only, though if they won. So that was the rule with Sparky Anderson. And Eduardo, when he played, a lot of guys have a chip on their shoulder, man. They're, they're just not real happy. And I get it. I mean, like Chris Duncan was a good example. Chris Duncan, you know, grew up around a clubhouse. That's just, they're, they're just so focused, right? And Chris used to tell me, Dan, I wasn't in a bad mood or anything. I just was worried about catching a fly ball. I get it. You know, that's your livelihood. They've got a job to do. Got a job to do. And he's a great guy. You know, and then when he got done with the game, the pressure was off, and you, know, you, you see the personality. Eduardo came to the ballpark smiling and happy and talkative and laughing, and he was just, he was great. And that's what you get when he's on the air was how he was as a player. Just a joy about being at the ballpark and an appreciation and I just get the biggest kick out of the dude, man. He's a fun, fun guy. So, yeah, fun to have him on on Monday. You're his, off to a good start. <laughs> thank you, Dan. Yes. He is, his personality is so infectious. There's no doubt about that. That smile just lights up a room when you see it, and it's so much fun. So, moving on to Tuesday, you brought on Mark Saxon. Now, there have been quite a few players taking to social media, have had their voices heard. Jack Flaherty mm. is certainly not an exception to that. You asked Mark how do you think the front office of the Cardinals is responding to what Jack has to say? Here's what Mark had to say about it. That's a good question. I don't really know how, um, you know, Bill, Bill DeWitt takes Jack Flaherty's comments on social media. He, he's, a, he's a kid who's very confident in expressing his opinions, um, you know, both on social justice issues, which I think a lot of people have found welcome. Um, at this time we're dealing with where there is some some change happening in society that that could be for the better in the long run you know let's hope um but on I, what what bothers me at times with the players is the constant tweeting 
to blame the owners. We get it. I mean, people typically are going to form their own opinions about who's at fault here. I, you know, some will think it's both sides. Some will think it's the owners. Some will think the players are greedy. That, that, that to me, kind of just depends, you know, what your view on that is. But to just go on social media, you know, time after time and just say, look, it's the owner's fault. Here's this. Here's that. Here's Bill DeWitt saying it's not a profitable business when the franchise values absolutely soar through the roof. You know, we get it. You know, you don't need to tweet that five, six, seven, eight times a day um, how outraged you are. I, I just think that, you know, we live in kind of an era when everyone just thinks that the most important thing in the world is that they get their opinion out there. And sometimes I just think people would be better off just listening and learning more, gathering more information. But it is what it is. We live in a social media world, and that's kind of the shallow dialogue that we're reduced to at times. Dan, I think this really illuminates what you've talked about quite a bit on this show, is that there is plenty of blame to go around yeah. on both sides of this. No one has clean hands, and really, it's a situation where, look, we know that we've had these past transgressions. Let's put that behind us and move forward. Unfortunately, it looks like the temperature in the room is not going to allow for that. First of all, players do have a platform. And that's clear. And we're finding that out every single day. So social justice um, messages are very important and should be done. If, if you feel comfortable doing it, and I applaud them for doing it, I like it. I think it's great. And if you're comfortable doing it, do it. And do it and do it and do it and keep doing it. I think it's great. And more and more of the baseball players are doing it, especially the African-American players. I think it's wonderful. Um, and the money thing in this climate, just I just don't think people want to hear it anymore, especially with what's going on with baseball now. I think initially it was interesting, I guess, is the, way, the best way I would put it. But now that the proposals just keep going back and forth and back and forth, it's just like, okay, uncle. People are just like, okay, just, just let us know when you're coming back. Okay, the owner's going to slam down 48. Fine. Oh, we're at 70. Okay. Oh, they, they said no. Now it's 60. Okay. Okay, they're going to come back at 65. Okay. I, who cares? No one cares. Even someone who is fully ingrained in the business, I'm starting to reach the point of apathy with it. It's it's almost like, look. That's, that's the worst thing that you can have. It, exactly. We we had Pedro Gomez on with That's Carriker the worst small thing you can have. When somebody says, I'm apathetic, that's the worst thing you can have. Exactly. When somebody says, I don't care, yep. that's the worst thing you can have. Well, Pedro Gomez was talking about just that. He was saying that he actually thinks it's a positive thing that so many fans have been so irate at yep. Major League Baseball because they still have that emotional still investment. Still emotions, right. But when you've moved on from it, and I know a lot of people that have, not to say that they won't come back when the game comes back, but at this point, things have gotten ugly, and really it's... You know, we just we want to talk some baseball, so that's why I put some baseball cuts here in on the back end of Collins Cuts today. You talked to Brian Walden on Wednesday, every day on Scoops with Danny Mac, and he had some really interesting things to say about the Cardinals and how they were pursuing some of these undrafted free agents after just the five-round draft. And again, it comes back to the gravitas that this organization has in the St. Louis Cardinals in what they can do to recruit other players. Here's Brian Walton on that topic. 
It's really interesting, Dan. Um, Baseball America has done a good job of compiling the lists as they're announced. And what you see is a huge difference in how organizations are approaching this free agency of of these non-drafted players. There have been at least three organizations who have not drafted a single player, or not, sorry, not signed a single non-drafted free agent. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got teams like the Royals and the Red Sox and the Cardinals who have picked up eight players, eight, you know, potentially very, very good players at $20,000 each, very, very low investment. And I just don't get why these other organizations are sitting on the sideline while these other teams are scooping up good talent. And I give the Cardinals credit for, you know, it would be easy to lay back and say, well, you know, we got to get rid of all these minor league teams anyway. You know, we're not going to we're not going to sign players, but they're not. They have picked up already eight um, non-drafted free agents, actually more than they drafted. They drafted seven. And, uh, you know, that gives them, again, uh, you know, another leg up in the development side. And they picked up, I think it's four pitchers, a couple outfielders, a third baseman and a catcher. So now we're to 15 players and it feels less like a truncated year, certainly. 15 players are still fewer than would have been drafted in a normal year, but it's not just five rounds. Now the Cardinals have 15 players, assuming they sign everybody that, you know, will be joining the system. How are they recruiting them? What are they doing? Well, the the standard answer that we get is that the players look at the opportunity. They look at the history of the organization and how they have fostered and run player development. Are they serious about it? Have they done a good job in getting, Um, you know, non-top drafted players to the major leagues. And the Cardinals have a good reputation there. Now, one of the other areas that has differentiated some organizations is that a couple of the organizations, specifically the Blue Jays, the Cubs, are paying minor leaguers a little higher uh, salary. The Giants also are giving a, a stipend to minor league players for housing. It doesn't look like that's come big into the decision process yet, but I know if I was a young man, I'd be looking at those things as well. Interesting because if you're a kid out there, you would have to look at the track record of the Cardinals in player development. And I think it was two years ago, Colin, that over 50% of their minor leaguers jumped a level. So they're aggressive in saying, look, if you do well, you will move. We're not going to hold you back. If you're at A-ball, you have success, you're going to double-A. You're double-A, you play well, you're going to triple-A. You're double-A, you do really well, we're going to move you to the majors. We're not going to hold you back on service time. So that's where you're a kid, you sign for 20 grand, you got a chance. Got a chance. And that's that, why that, that's what you're, you're going to get sold on. That's all those kids are asking for. You're, yeah. you're talking about a game where you have so many new additions of players year in and year out. The turnover is unbelievable with these organizations, how many players that they have. And, you know, we talked about quite a bit in this pandemic that, you know, it's it's awful for a lot of people, but it's also creating opportunities and uh, an avenue for people to take advantage. And some of these undrafted free agents feel like they can do that with the Cardinals. And it's also about, you know, what can you show me with your analytics department? Because that is such a big part of now, even in high school. You know, they Rapsodo and all these different things that these guys use. It's incredible, incredible how detailed you can get with pitching and hitting. And all these kids are using it. It's just amazing. And these analytic departments, it's so detailed. If I went to, I could do eight hours talking about how you could break down one little thing of how you could be better. It's just amazing what they've done in the game of baseball. We have one more to go. We do. And Matt Holiday joined you yesterday. Yes. It was 
one of my favorite interviews that we've ever had at this station. And thank you. Literally brought me to tears in the studio when we were playing your call of Holiday's final home run with the Cardinals. Here's Matt talking about that moment. Some really special stuff right here. You know, it, it was such a kind of um, just a like a crazy maybe 24 hours where it kind of just came to me that, um, you know, if, if this is it, you know, if this is the, the last um, weekend of my Cardinal career, I wanted to make sure that, that I could have some some interactions <clears throat> with, with the people um, that I might not see in person um, ever again or, or even, you know, ever, hardly often um, with, with a lot of the people that work in the clubhouse and the people that you spend eight years with, um, so I just went to Mo basically and said, you know, kind of candidly, what's what's the plan? What's the what's the plan going forward? And he, you know, he told me basically that you know it didn't look like that they were going to pick my option up and to go ahead and 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 say you know your goodbyes or your thank yous and, and whatever that um, looks like. And and then talking to Mike and, and Mike said, you know, I'd love to get you that moment, uh, get you in a bad. You know, my thumb was broken and and still not not healed. I hadn't done much, wasn't able to do much. Tried to come back. Uh, my hand was still very sore, um, so taking it at bat, really, especially since we were still in the in the race, and, and I think we went right down to the last day, uh, and, and and still in, in, in the chance to get to the playoffs. I didn't really foresee a moment like that happening, and and so it got to the seventh inning, which was ironic, and I think um, there was a lot of sevens involved. I think you know, and and looking back on it, and then. You know, the, to get that at bat, Mike says, hey, you're hitting first. You're leading off the inning. And then, you know, the butterflies kick in and, and you I don't know, run down to the cage and just try to take a few swings to make sure uh, I don't embarrass myself. And, uh, you know, the, the at bat, you get down 0-2 and, and the count. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I you know, I had tears in my eyes. The, the appreciation, I don't want to skip that, the, the, the standing ovation, um, the appreciation from the fans and just kind of soaking in that moment before I even stepped in the box and you see your teammates, you know, uh, on the, on the top step clapping and even, you know, the opposing team to some degree was, was clapping and, and, and Clint Hurdle, the manager on the other side is clapping and, uh, just kind of soaking in that moment before I even got in the box. Uh, I wanted to remember that vividly. Um, so I, you know, I remember that with tears kind of in my eyes and I'm like, you know, I got to get in here and compete and kind of get, get past this moment and, and do what I've always done. And I remember, having sort of this kind of, okay, I, you know, once you get in the box, I've, I've been in this box, you know, more than I've been in any other batter's box in, in my whole life and, and the background and, and everything I'm used to, you know, and it feels more comfortable. I'm, I'm okay. I get down 0-2 and I'm like, well, this, you know, I don't, can't strike out here. That would be so anticlimactic that it, that would be embarrassing. And, and, you know, I think it was a divine moment, Dan, to be honest. I think God gave me a, a moment to kind of close out my Cardinal career um, that would, that would be memorable. Um, I think it was a gift, uh, you know, to hit that ball and I'm running to first and to see it go over the fence and then kind of just floating around the bases uh, to kind of a crazy environment, you know, almost a playoff atmosphere type home run, you know, with the crowd being that excited and, and, and getting to home plate and Matt Carpenter being there and then kind of having Yachty and Wayno waiting for me by the dugout and then Mike and, and, and all those guys that, you know, you grind and you spend a ton of time with and, and you go through ups and downs in your personal life with and um, just really close friends and, and to kind of feel that uh, love from the crowd, from your teammates. Like I said, it was I was like a it was kind of a divine gift. I felt like God had his hand all over that. And 
and it was it was a great moment for me and and uh and something that like you said I, every time i watch it or you know it's on twitter or something i see it uh it gives me chills favorite moment behind the mic for me favorite moment i've ever seen at the ballpark period just incredible and then to hear him talk about the emotions that he was feeling throughout that he was so open in that interview and just sounded like two friends sitting down on a bench talking to each other the best kind of interview you can have well he's a good dude and uh the reason why i loved it is because i knew what he had done behind the scenes with no fanfare for the city he had done and has done and still continues to do with no fanfare, no media coverage, no attention, a ton for sick kids. And uh, and that's why it meant a lot to me to see him do that because he deserved that kind of moment. And um, he he's just a, a one-of-a-kind guy. You know, you take the money out of it because we all talk about money. We've been talking about money with the labor deal. And, hell, he made a ton of money. It's part of the, the deal. But... Um, he also just did the right thing a lot of times with no fanfare. And when you see a guy have a moment like that, it's really cool. And it was just the right way to go out. So fun fun to do. Fun to do. Absolutely. Cool stuff. Good job on Colin's cuts, man. Thank you, A Dan. plus. A plus. <laughs> BK has walked in the studio. We're going to cross it over with BK coming up next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers 1054. This is Scoops with Danny Mac. The weekend is here. I'm going to cross it over because that's what I'm supposed to do with Ribs and BK. They're coming up next. And they've got you from 11 to 2. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm always just captivated by what you're about to say, Danny. Did I'm I, always interested. Did I not cross it over properly? No, you did what? a great job. And you did the time perfectly. You read it off. It's amazing. BK, I just, I'm just i impressed with the transition. BK, did I not do that right or you, what? You did it incredibly well, Dan. So Thank you. Professional. I think Jamie's just surprised every day by how professional you are. I don't think so. Yeah, I th- it doesn't I happen on our show. I don't think I did that properly. So, <laughs> Colin, go ahead and hit the music again. Hit the music. You don't have the music? Hit. Which music are we talking the about? The intro, the intro music. music. Come on, Play it back. Oh, Play it back, oh, Colin. Oh, like it's Friday. Come on, buddy. It's not Saturday yet. It's the yeah. first day being a producer. Let's go, man. Come hit, on. Hit the, Big timers already forgot the break. music button. There we there go. go. Oh, that's not it. Okay. But we'll take it. Ta- that's, that works. Ten fifty-five. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It's the crossover on 101 ESPN. I'm Dan McLaughlin of Scoops with Danny Mac. And coming up next, it's Ribs and BK. They'll have you from 11 to 2 here on 101 ESPN. And then from 2 to 6, it's the fast lane with the guys. Is that better for you? I liked it better the first time, although that was good. <laughs> okay, because you were looking at me like I did something wrong. Danny Mac, you don't do it. Why can't I just be excited to listen to you do your thing? Okay. Isn't that like what it's supposed to be about? Yeah, I guess, but it was just a... There's really, no way you liked that second version better than the first. I didn't. I liked the first one because yeah. you were dancing on the first I one. I caught that out of the corner well, of my eye. I got to get the groins and hip flexors ready for in here. It's a Friday. We're bringing the heat, man. Yeah. What do you guys got planned on oh, the uh, show? Oh, my God. I, I have not been this excited about a show in a while. Why? 
We have Alex Ferrario's dad coming up at 11.30. We have Jamie Rivers' dad coming up at noon. My dad will be on the show coming up at 12.30. And we have a mystery guest coming up at 1.30. Well, it can't be a mystery because somebody booked him. Well, that would be me, but Jamie (laughs) doesn't know who the mystery guest is. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what? I, you son of a, I got all right. Are you nervous? No, I'm not nervous. I'm never nervous. Doesn't bother me. I have no shame in me at all. You, if there's somebody that tells a story, I'm okay with anything. You can never say never. Uh, you can never say never. But for the most part, I really don't care. You I'm were fine. nervous before hockey games. Um, okay, this is an interesting uh, topic because yesterday out at the rink, uh, Synergy Hockey, we were running our camp. And the kids asked me, you know, how how nervous were you for your first NHL game? Sure. I wasn't. Oh, come on. I swear to God, I wasn't. Because You are so full of it. No, I'm not. I swear to And I say this all the time. Because of the junior career I had, like, I mentally felt like I belonged in the NHL. So when my first game was coming, it was just like, yeah, this is another game. Hey, get me the puck, chopper. I want to score. Like, that was, like, not a bad attitude. Just, like, very, like, confident. Yeah. And as my career went on, the last two or three years of my career... I was way nervous before every game, whereas the front part of my career, I wasn't nervous. You were young and dumb. Young and dumb, for <laughs> sure. But yeah. it just, it was weird how as time goes on, there's more things that come into play. You got a family, you got kids, you got guys that are nipping at your heels, that are young draft picks. You know, he's ready to come up and take your job, all this stuff. And every game felt like this ball of stress for me. Where at the beginning, I was just like, let's let her fly, man. Let's yeah. have some fun out here. Did you ever have guys that puked before games? Yeah, the odd guy. I can't remember exactly who. There was a couple of goalies that were weirdos like that. They yeah. get in there and, and puke. And Mizzou offensive tackle, now with the Buffalo Bills, Mitch Morse was that guy. Was every he? every single game, he would puke before the game. He still does. Yeah. I Sounds like fun. That. By the way, um, I'm going to look before practices a few times. But that was for different reasons. Yeah. Long nights. A great interview with Ryan O'Reilly. I really he enjoyed that. He was awesome. That. Yeah, that was Full good. Full credit to him. He was great. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, guys. Have fun with your dads and the mystery guest. All right? Happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Enjoy it. Happy Father's Day to you, and you'll be a father at some point, you know. (laughs) Colin, awesome job. Thanks. Have a great weekend, guys, and we'll talk to everybody at uh, 10 o'clock on Monday. This is 101 ESPN. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mack on 101 ESPN.